thank you for connecting to the media product of LifeGate Church. Pastor Brian Gallardo prays as this product goes out into the nations, that it empowers your faith, stirs your spirit, and pushes you towards your God-given destiny. For more information, please go to www.lifegatekc.org. All right, let's go. All right, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1. Here we go. It says, we must pay more careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard, so that we do not drift away. Tell your neighbor, don't drift away. Lord, thank you for the word today. Let it go down in our spirits today. In the name of Jesus, everyone shouts out. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Amen. I'm going to preach a message to you today called, How Did I Get Here? Ask your neighbor, how did I get here? How did I get here? I started thinking about this. Pastor and I actually got to go on our very first cruise ever which we loved, yeah, just a couple weeks ago, we celebrated our 20th anniversary. I know, I'm like 20 years already, and I thought, there's no way I'm that old. <laughs> 20 years, yeah, so Pastor and I, 20 years, our anniversary, we got, to set, we got to be on the island of Belize, or is that an island? A country of Belize, yeah, okay, there we go. We got to be there on our actual anniversary. It was so incredible, I had such a great time. And one thing I love, I love the ocean. Love, love, love the ocean. I really love the blue crystal waters that you can see through everything. You can see things swimming around you and stuff like that. I like that. If I can't see through the water, I'm out, okay? So we got to our port. One of the days in particular, we got to our port, and we were waiting for, you know, the late people that can't get anywhere on time. And I'm like, we, listen, if it was me, I would have been like, I would have left you. You said we got to be on this port, and I would have been like deuces, but, you know, Y'all pray for my mercy and grace gift. Amen. Anyways, so I was watching out, and I love watching. There was, this day, there was like three or four different ships there, and one by one, they started to leave. And I'm just watching and aware of everything else that's going on. But somehow through the process, I'm standing there watching these other ships go. And for some reason, I didn't realize that they had untied us from the dock and that we had drifted out like away from the shore. I didn't realize it, I didn't notice it, I didn't feel any movement at all because I was paying attention to everything else that was going around me. And all of a sudden I asked myself, how did we get here? Yeah. Like, how did this happen? I, how did I not feel this? How did I not see this coming? Okay, so hold on, let's go somewhere. So I told you, I love the ocean, I love, the, I love everything about the ocean. I love the smell, I love that I don't have to get ready for anything because I'm not going anywhere, like it's just me and the sand and sunscreen and the beach and an umbrella because that's what we do. I love, and I'm not that type of girl, like you know there's some girls that go to the water and they don't get in. At the beach, I'm in, okay, we're all in, okay? We're ankle deep, waist deep, we're all the way in, okay? Gonna play that game? What are you going to the water for? Okay, anyways. Anyways, back to my point. So we get into the ocean, and my family, we like to jump the waves, we like to snorkel, we like to paddleboard, we like to do it all. However, I don't jet ski because I had a really bad experience with one, and that's a different story, okay? But we're not going there today. But anyways, I love everything about the ocean. But if you're not careful in the ocean, as you are playing or doing whatever, it's extremely easy for you to drift away and not even notice it right? So then I started thinking about life. And I started thinking about the boat that we were on. And I'm like, how did I get here? How did we just drift away? And I started thinking about all you have to do is do nothing. <laughs> 
to drift away. In your marriage, do nothing. I guarantee you, you'll drift away. In your relationships, do nothing. It'll drift away. And I started thinking about our relationship with Jesus and how so many of us have drifted away from our relationship from the Lord, where we, we gave our heart to Jesus, we come to church, we serve, but there's been a drift, and there's been something else that has shifted, and we drifted in our dedication to the Lord. We drifted in our standards. Oh, come on, somebody help me. I know that to be factual. We drifted away from holiness. Holiness is not a foreign word. I guarantee you in the church world, holiness is still right. We've drifted away in our prayer life. Come on, somebody. We drifted away from what we believe and what the truth of the word is. We've tried to make the word fit us, but we drifted away from the, what the word really stands for. It's either all truth and absolute truth or it's not truth at all. Come on, somebody. We can't pick and choose what we want to, but we drifted away. How did we get here? Simply by doing nothing. And it started clicking in our marriages, do nothing. In your health, you want something to change? It's not gonna change if you do nothing, right? Fitness, do nothing. I know, because I'm there. <laughs> I understand. You won't change anything if you continue to do nothing. I hear you. Pastor Jillian, I've been a Christian all my life. Same. I'm not doing anything crazy. I'm not, you know, out there in these streets. I'm not at the clubs. I'm not doing any of that. I'm not clicking on it. I'm not in that relationship anymore. I'm not doing things on social media I shouldn't be doing. I'm not watching those things or listening to those things. I'm not clicking on this. I'm not, you know, having sex outside of marriage. I'm not doing those sort of things. But as a Christian, let me just ask you, what are you doing? Have you drifted away? And if so, how did I get here? Things don't affect you. I thought about this. I told pastor, I've been guilty of being complacent in my walk with Christ. I've been a Christian. I was born into ministry. And sometimes we get so used to it that we can do ministry without God. That's a scary place to be. I know I've been there. We become so complacent with our walk in the Lord and now it's just routine. Oh, come on somebody. Don't leave me out here. Things don't affect you like they used to anymore. We've drifted. You don't come with expectations to church anymore. We've drifted. Come on. You used to come down to the altar to worship and praise. Come on, but we've drifted. Those shows used to bother you. You wouldn't even entertain it. And we've drifted. You used to make time for God. God was on your schedule, but now your schedule's too busy. It's too full. You don't have time for God. And let me just say this. If you are too busy for God, you are too busy. Talk that talk. Okay, I will. You never missed a service before. And now because you've had a long week or you've got things to do or you just need some rest, I'm just tired. You've drifted and didn't even know it. How did I get here? Come on, I read the, uh, the church of Ephesus in Revelation chapter two. God said, I know all the things you do. I've seen your hard work and your patient endurance. He's saying, I know that you're a good Christian. I know that you've been doing this. I know you don't tolerate evil people. You've examined the claims of those who say they're apostles, but are not. You have, disco you have discovered they are liars. You have patiently suffered for me without quitting. 
great job. But I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you first did. Man, I used to think this was just about loving God, but it's also about loving people. You don't love me or each other like you used to. That's what God's saying. Look how far you have fallen. Turn back to me and do the works you once did. The works you did at first. You gotta turn back and do the works again. Come on. They drifted and didn't even know it. They thought, I've been doing the works of the Lord. I've been doing this, but you've drifted and didn't even know it. You drifted from your love from God and from each other. They go hand in hand. Come on, somebody. Drifted and didn't even know it. And then I started thinking about in the Bible, how many people have drifted and didn't even know it? One of the scariest scriptures I've read was about Samson. He was a Nazarite. He had a vow unto the Lord and Samson wanted to do what he wanted to do. Come on. All of us have the Samson inside of us before. Come on, right? But the scripture said that Samson woke up one day and it said that he didn't even realize the spirit of God had left him. Why? Because Samson drifted. He didn't even know it. The prodigal son, <laughs> he thought he could do it on his own. I got this. I can do it on my own. What happened? He drifted. The Israelites, these are children, God's chosen people. They're consistently drifting away from God. Why? Because they've allowed sin into their camp. Drifted. King David, he got complacent one day. Come on. This, King David's a man after God own, God's own heart. And he wasn't where he was supposed to be. He was supposed to be at war. And he drifted somewhere that he wasn't supposed to be. And what happened? He fell into sin. Drifted. How did I get here? Listen, if it can happen to them, it can happen to you. It can happen to me. I know I've been there. I'm preaching, I'm preaching out, of, out of a place where I understand and I've been so I want to tell you, if it can happen to them, it can happen to you. So how do we not drift? I'm so glad you asked. These are some of the things that I've learned from being at the beach, of course. And I've learned in my spiritual walk with God. Number one, if you don't want to drift, you better pay attention. Oh, yes, you better pay attention. It goes back to Hebrews chapter 2. I read it to you, but I'm going to read it to you in the Amplified. It's even crazier. It says, we must pay much closer attention than ever to the things that we've heard so that we do not in any way drift away from the truth. I can remember growing up, my dad constantly tell me, you need to pay attention. You need to know about your surroundings. Know who's around you. Know who's where you're at. Constantly be looking around. Don't, you know, don't have your back to certain people. Like you make sure you know what you're doing. Any parents in here? I tell Olivia all the time, you better pay attention. You better know. Don't be having your little earphones in and not paying attention. You pay attention. There's crazy people in this world. Pay attention. Right? When your kids, when you teach them first how to cross the street, you say, you better stop. You better look both ways and you pay attention. You listen if there's cars. I don't care. If they're way down the street, you wait. Right? Come on, parents with little kids in here. How about those that are teaching their kids how to drive? Help us, Jesus. Pay attention. Right? I can't, especially in today, there's people, I'm, I'm driving by looking over and people are texting, watching movies on their phone. I'm like, is this a thing? Like, my God, please pay much closer attention to the road, Lord. Right? How about this married folks? Come on, married folks. You better pay attention. 
much closer attention to what your spouse is saying and is not saying. Come on. Men in the room, say yes. <laughs> right. We got to pay attention. When it comes to your money, hmm, you pay attention. Why'd you buy that? You didn't need that. Where'd this money go, right? Come on. When we're in large crowds with my kid, I pay much closer attention. I want to know where she's at, who she's with. I don't be trusting my kid with just anybody. Well, I'm watching her like a hawk. She knows. I'm like, you better be by my side right here. Hold on to me. I don't care what you have to do because I don't be trusting nobody. Y'all pray for me, okay? Right. Pay attention, right? Funny story. Pastor and I, this is years ago, um, two years after we got married, so I guess it was 18 years ago, we went back to Mexico because we were like, you know, we loved it so much for our, our um, honeymoon. Let's go back again. So I have an issue, and pastors told you all many of times, I can't sleep without a fan. Okay, this is just it. I mean, I don't know how you people sleep in the silent. That's weird. You guys are the weird ones, not us fan people. You weird ones, okay? Like, who sleeps in silence? That's not sleeping. My God. Like, give me some fan kind of noise. You know, I want that box fan, ceiling fan. I want the room to vibrate with that fan noise, okay? Perfect sleep. Come on, all the fan people say yes. <laughs> That's so funny. Pray for us. Okay. Anyways, so we get to the hotel. Mind you, this is before phones had the fan app and all that stuff. That wasn't a thing then. So I would always go to a store, buy a fan, and then give it to our roommate whenever we left. You know, like, hey, bless you. God bless you, you know, because I didn't want to pack it with me, you know. So funny story. We're in Mexico, and we decide that first night it was rough, y'all, because some hotels, if you go and you ask for the fan, they have it. And this fan was being used by somebody else. And I'm like, y'all only got one fan in this whole hotel? So we had to go get on a bus and head into the city of Cancun to the Walmart. You know, we were not young and naive. We didn't know any different. We're like, yeah, let's do it. Come on. So we hopped on the bus. Bunch of people on the bus with us. Slowly but surely, every stop, people kept getting off. And then we finally realized we're not on the strip anymore. <laughs> We're actually going into the city where they tell the tourists to stay out of. Okay, y'all, I know that I'm Puerto Rican, but I stick out sometimes like a sore thumb. So you got this little blonde hair, blue-eyed girl like on the bus and it's me and pastor and now nobody else. Everybody has gotten off the bus and then our bus driver parks the bus and he gets off. I'm like, amigo, where are you going? And me and my husband were like, oh my gosh. We had to pay much closer attention. Let me tell you, we had to know where we were going, who was getting on that bus, if they were side eye and eye, like looking at us funny. We was waiting for the bus driver to get back on. Like it was, you know, kind of scary. Don't worry, we made it to Walmart and back, okay, barely, but we made it back. <laughs> but we had to pay much closer attention. So next time, we wasn't gonna do that again. My husband said, you can sleep without a fan next time. I said, Yes, sir, I sure will. <laughs> Pay closer attention. But we've got to do this in our spiritual walk with God. We've got to pay much closer attention to the word of God and the truth of God, right? We gotta pay attention to the preaching that's going on in this house. We gotta pay attention to what our pastor has taught us. Pay attention to what God is telling you in your personal walk with him and your personal prayer time with him. Why? So you don't drift away from the truth. 
There's too many things out there that are contrary to the word of God that are telling you this is okay. But if it's not truth, it's going to cause you to drift. Come on, somebody. Pay close attention to the truth. We've got to know the word. We've got to study the word. We've got to devour the word. It's more than just reading it. It's applying it. I've never seen so many people tell me like, oh, yeah, I read my Bible app today. That's great. But did you apply it? I mean, it carries truth. It carries word. But I was reading in Romans, and I got so convicted. I said, my God, where have we gone as a church, as a body of Christ? Like, sin is still a thing. In the body of Christ, even more so now, we've got to know the truth. We've got to pay attention to the word. Otherwise, we're going to drift. And then we're going to ask ourselves, how did I get here? How did I get here? Pay close attention. I, I want to tell you, now is not the time to waver. Jesus is coming back. Matthew 24 is happening currently as we speak. There's wars. There's rumors of wars. There's plagues going on. There's earthquakes. People are running away from the truth of God. Men are becoming lovers of themselves. Sin is running rampant. And you mean to tell me we're not living in the last times? Come on, we gotta wake up, church. We gotta pay attention. The word is still the truth. God is still on the throne. He's still coming back for a church, for a body of Christ who's ready, who's paying attention. Wake up, let's go. Come on, somebody, say yes. We got, we got to wake up. Pay attention, tell your neighbor, pay attention. Number, another thing that I've learned, number two, you don't lose sight of where you're at. Don't lose sight of where you're at. When me and my family are at the beach, we always have a marker to look back to. Whether it's an umbrella, whether it's our hotel, whether it's whatever the case may be, we always have something to look back to. Why? Because we're playing, we're having fun, we're doing things in the water, and it's pulling us further and further and further away from where we're supposed to be. But this is why we have to constantly be looking up constantly be looking at the marker oh family we've gotten way too far let's go back come on everybody's got to go back we got to go back to the marker we can't lose sight of where we're supposed to be we got to keep watch we've got to know where we're at come on right why because when you drift you are being carried away from something but drifting to something else for example you're being carried away from the truth come on but you're drifting into lies Carried away from integrity, but drifting into deceit. Oh, come on, somebody. Carried away from our conviction, and now we're being drifting into complacency. Carried away from purity, drifting into perversion. Oh, help me, Jesus. Carried away from humility, drifting into pride. I got this. Come on. Drifting away because we lost sight of where we should be. We took our eyes off the marker. And I started thinking about the story in your Bible about Peter. Peter's on the boat with the disciples. Jesus is on the water walking to him. And Peter says, is that you, Lord? If it's you, bid me to come out. Peter gets out of the boat. Okay, so this means he's, he's walking in faith. Peter ain't drifting. He's going after Jesus, literally. <laughs> walking on the water, literally. And what happens? Peter only started to drown when he took his eyes off the marker, when he took his eyes off of Jesus. You will drown every time when you take your eyes off of the marker, which is Jesus. Come on, somebody. You may think, I got this. Hmm. 
I'm not drifting too far. I'm still close enough. I'm still, I'm not losing sight. I'm still in the vicinity. I'm close enough, but close obedience is still disobedience. Let me say that again. Close obedience is still disobedience. God told you to stop doing that and you're still doing it. Disobedience. The word of God causes us to change. It causes us to rise up. There's got to be a standard. There's got to be holiness. If the word says it, I believe it. I'm going to declare it and I'm going to do it. Come on, somebody. Say yes. I'm trying to. And too many believers, we get arrogant in our thinking that we can do it without God. I know. I've been there. You get into a routine. You become complacent, complacent, and you just, it, we show up on Sundays. This is what we do. We worship. This is what we do. We give. This is what we do. But where's our relationship with Jesus? Have we drifted so far that we forget who it's about, what it's about, what we're becoming? Yes, I'm a Christian, but does it carry weight? Is there any fruit in my life that says I'm a believer of Jesus? Or am I just doing what everybody else is doing? I'm just fitting in like everybody else. Is there any weight? I can't lose sight of who God is and who I'm supposed to be. Come on, somebody. Say yes. When we take our eyes off of Jesus... Who is the marker? That's when we drowned. That's when your drift turns into a drowned. You took your eyes off the mark. And many people drowned, but guess what? It started with a drift. Didn't even see it. Didn't even realize it. I can't, like, this just drives me crazy. I can't believe how many shows now that the F-bomb is just okay. Is anybody still cringing? When somebody says God's name in vain, do you still cringe? Is that so, do you still like, I can't stand watching sexual immorality. That's, that's anti-God. That's anti who we are. Why are we entertaining ourselves with it? It's still wrong. It's still sinful. Does it bother you anymore? Have you drifted so far to say, this is just what it is? But that's not who he is, and that's not who I am, and that's not who we're called to be. Come on, church. I'm trying to say it in love. I'm really trying to say it in love. I'm not trying to be condemning. I just know as a body we have drifted so far from where we're supposed to be, and God's calling us back because we've taken our eyes off of him. We've taken our eyes off the mark. Church, we got to get back. We got to get back. So we got to pay attention. We got to keep sight of where he's supposed to. When we keep sight, that means we're constantly looking. And the Bible says in Hebrews 12 to look unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. Psalms 105, 4 says, look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. Isaiah 45, 22 says, look to me and be saved. This is Jesus. All, to the, all you ends of the earth, for I am God and there's no others. We have to keep our eyes on Jesus. When you take your eyes off of Jesus, you get distracted with everything else, with life, with finances, with what the world's saying, everything else. But when we look to Jesus, when we keep our eyes on Jesus, we can walk on water. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Look to Jesus. Don't lose sight of where you should be. Number three, we've got to heed the warning signs. Heed the warning signs. If you've ever been to a beach, yes. 
You can see signs all over the place. Do we have that um, sign? Yeah, okay, so this is a great one. I love the beach, remember. Waves break on ledge. You could be swept off, injured, or drowned. If in doubt, keep out. Rip currents. You could be swept out and drowned. If in doubt, don't go out. How about the slippery rock one? You could fall and be seriously injured. If in doubt, keep out. Strong currents. You could be something seriously injured, die. If in doubt, keep out. High surf can cause serious injuries or drowning. If in doubt, don't go out. I love this one. Sudden drop off. Bottom drops off abruptly. You could drown. If in doubt, don't go out. Welcome to the beach, everybody. We love it. It's great. Heed the signs. But there's another sign that you see at the beach, and it's the flags. Did I give you guys that one? With the flags, yeah. Okay, so this is the one that I always see because, you know, when you're in Florida, these are the ones you see. When you're at, you know, other places, you see the other ones. But, you know, you pay attention to these or you're supposed to pay attention. The, the purple, there's dangerous marine life. That means if you get in the water, <laughs> it's up to you to not get eaten by a shark, okay? Or a jellyfish or whatever the case may be. Green, you guys know how it goes. You know, it's like the stoplights. Green means go. Yellow means be cautious. Red means stop. Double red here means... It is closed. Do not get in the water. Seriously, like you could die, you could drown, you could pull into the rip current, whatever the case may be. And wouldn't you know it, I go to the beach all the time, well, not all the time, but maybe once a year. (laughs) And I see the double red flags. And wouldn't you know it, there's still people in the water. And I'm like, you must want to die. You must really know Jesus and really activating that faith today because you must want to die. But it's so important that we heed the signs. Come on, right? Heed the signs. There's a passage in your, in, in your Bible in Acts chapter 27 where Paul, Paul is on a boat. He's a prisoner on the boat. I preached this before, but he's on a prisoner on a boat. He's headed to Rome um, to stand, be, stand trial. And they've encountered now in this boat heavy storms heavy winds. It's made it difficult for the ship to stay on course. They've had a lot of difficulties, winds, struggling, everything else. Like they've lost time. And now the weather is really dangerous for them to keep going. It's a double red flag. Like, hey, stop. So Paul is saying to them in Acts 27, 10, he says, men, he said, I believe there's trouble ahead if we go on. Shipwreck, loss of cargo, and danger to our lives as well. But the officer in charge of the prisoners listened more to the ship's captain and the, and the owner than to Paul. He didn't heed the signs. And this is what God said. Ignoring God's warnings will always leave you wrecked. Ignoring God's warnings will always leave you wrecked. These men did wreck. Just so you know, if you go on to read, they didn't lose their life, but they did wreck because they didn't heed the warning signs. We've got to listen to what God says and stop listening to the voices that aren't anchored to God. Whose voice are you listening to? Whose voice is running through your head? What are you listening to? Is that social media person have more influence on you than what your pastor says? Does that YouTuber have more influence on you than what the word says? Come on, somebody. Whose voice are we listening to? Why? Because you are a product of what you listen to more. Yes, you are. You are a product of what you listen to more. And guess what? The culture is saying things very loudly. 
Society is saying things very loudly. Our family members that aren't anchored to God, come on, they speak loudly, but we've got to listen to the voice of God. We've got to listen and heed to his truth what God says because there's freedom in God right Jesus is the way he is the truth and he is the life that's what his word says the Bible says his truth can make us walk in wisdom the Bible says his truth can order our steps the Bible says God's truth can make us walk in unity we've got to open our eyes we've got to heed the warning signs tell your neighbor heed the warning signs heed the warning signs Because here's what happens. Some of us aren't drifting any longer. Now, we've just decided. And there's a difference. Oh, you didn't drift into the DMs. You decided to go there. That's a decision. Woo, help us, Jesus. You, you decided to get into that relationship. No, people try to tell you, they try to warn you, but you didn't drift into it. You decided to go into it. There's a difference. Woo! You decided to walk out on your marriage. You decided, oh, I'll bring it home, to stop serving at church. You decided to listen to the lies. You decided to stop being faithful in your finances. You decided to listen to that and do that and follow that and, and, and whatever the case may be. And here's what the word of God says in James chapter 1, verse 13. It says, and remember, when you are being tempted, do not say God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong. And he, is never, and he never tempts anyone else. 14, temptation comes from our own desires our own desires which entice us and drag us away no you decided to click on that no you decided to not share that with your spouse no you decided to go to their house knowing that you shouldn't be there you decided to look at this you decided to do those things you didn't drift into it we're led away by our own desires and drag us away come on These desires give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow, come on, somebody, it gives birth to death. Drifting begins when obedience to God ends. I know I shouldn't do this because the Lord told me not to, and I did it anyway. Drifting begins when obedience to God ends. It's just one drink, Pastor Jillian. It was just one click. It was just one night. It was just one Sunday that I missed. Come on. It was just one day that I didn't read the word. It was just, it's just that person at church. She just rubs me the wrong way, and I don't like how she looks at me. Oh, come on. I'm just too tired to pray. I'm just too tired to go to church. It's been a long week. It's just, it's just, it's just until we're justifying everything. Come on. And little drift decisions turn into how did I get here? How did I get here? And this is why it's important to heed the word of the Lord. Listen to God's voice. Listen to his truth. Why? Because when God says no, listen. And God is still speaking. We just have to open our ears to listen. People say all the time, I don't hear God's voice. Well, are you listening? 
That's the biggest thing. Are you listening? Are you saying, God, whatever you want, I'm listening. So if you say no to that, it's no. If you say don't watch those things, it's no. If you say don't listen to that kind of music, it's no. If you say don't post like that, oh, let me take it home, it's no. If you say don't like that because that doesn't show you that's not a good representation of God, then I shouldn't do it. I shouldn't entertain my stuff with stuff that is anti-God. Come on, church. Are we the church and the body of Christ? Am I preaching foreign stuff or am I preaching the word of God? Come on, help us, Jesus. Help us, Jesus. We've got to look to the word. We've got to look to Jesus. We've got to look to his signs, what he's saying. The Holy Spirit always sends warning signs. He'll always say, hey, don't do that. Don't do that. And as you keep going, it gets a little louder. Don't do that. You're going to regret this decision. Come on. How many people have heard the Holy Spirit speak to them like that? Don't leave me hanging. I've heard it many of times. Don't do that. Don't say you better fix your attitude right now, little girl. And I'm like, yes, Holy Spirit. Right? I'm trying, Lord. We got to listen to his voice. We got to heed his signs. Listen to the warning signs. If we think this, yeah, there's going to be danger. And we shouldn't go there. If the word of God says don't do it, there's danger. Don't go there. Don't do it. Double red flag, stay away, stay out. Don't do it. Don't go there. Don't talk to that person. Don't entertain it. Come on, somebody. Yes? Don't do it. So how do we keep from drifting? We pay attention. We don't lose sight of where we're supposed to be. We heed the signs. And number four, we fight the current to get back many times when me and my family are playing around there's times that that current gets really going like that's a red flag day and we're out there playing and we get so far off that we have to turn back so we can go back so we can fight against the current to be back where we're supposed to be anybody ever else have to do that before come on we got to fight that means there's work involved that means it's going to wear you out for sure but you've got to turn back so you can get back where you're supposed to be. Come on, man, and woman of God, we can't keep drifting like we've been doing, right? We've got to put our foot down, we've got to dig in deep, and we've got to keep moving forward. We gotta put the pedal to the metal and keep moving forward. We gotta put the work in. We've got to get back to our first love, loving God and loving people. Where have we drifted off, right? Fall back in love with Jesus. When you love somebody, you do whatever it takes whatever it takes and here's the problem and I know this myself too because I've been married for 20 years I remember the dating Jillian and I know the married Jillian any married people in the house gonna not leave me hanging right okay so dating Jillian was like all Twitter pated about Pastor Brian was like oh my god I'll do whatever for you I love you so much whatever you want it's your world I'm just living in it Right? Okay, dating. Anybody dating in here? No. Okay, well, nobody can relate to me. Okay, never mind. They lie. Okay. Well, anybody dating that, you know, should they, right? They lie. No, like, anyways. Okay. Let's reel it back in. 20 years later, I have to remind myself all the time of dating Jillian. That that's still the man that I fell in love with. 
oh, even if there's things that, about him that drive me crazy, there's things that I do that drive him crazy, it's still his world, and I still want to live in it. Come on. And there's some days I have to tell myself, my God, I love you so freaking much. You're amazing. Everything about you is so incredible. My God, you are the best. You know it to be true. Come on. But I never will forever, ever, ever forget, ever forget the way I feel about that man because nobody's going to love him more than me. Nobody's going to preach him more on than me, okay? Nobody's going to stand in the gap for that man like I will, okay? And those are the things when you fall in love with Jesus, you stand in the gap, you say enough is enough. I still love you. I'm still in this thing. I'm still going to do it. Come hell or high water, he's still a good God. You still deserve all my praise. I'm going to give you the highest praise because you have been too good to me. Come on, somebody say yes. We got to fall back in love with Jesus. Come on. We got to get back to our desire for God. Get back to our relationship with God. Relationship means work. You've got to put work into it. It's not just a one-way street. It's a two-way street. If I want more from my husband, I got to put the work in. Come on. If you want more from God, you got to put the work in, baby. Come on. Get back to the truth. Get back to the place where you hunger for God. Get back to Bethel. Get back to the place where you first encounter God. Do you remember what it was like when you first got Jesus and you cried out at the altar and you begged God for forgiveness and you just soaked in his presence? I can remember on a camp floor when I was eight years old that God filled me with the Holy Ghost and I laid there for hours at eight years old eight years old and now at 39 can I still be the person that can lay on the altar for hours and say God whatever you want for me whatever you want to do God I still need you I still want you I'm going to fight the current I'm going to fight society and I'm going to get back to where you have me, where I'm supposed to be. I don't want to be a lukewarm Christian. I want to go after the things of God. Come on, give God some praise. Give God some praise. Give God some praise. Woo! My God. Woo! We got to get back. Get back to that place. That's the place God restores. That's the place where he pours into you. That's the place where his blessings are. That's the place where freedom, your freedom, what you're fighting, your freedom's there in God's presence. Your hope is there in God's presence. Your joy, all the enemy has robbed so many of you of your joy. Your joy is there back in God's presence. Your hope. Come on, don't let the enemy lie to you and tell you that this is as good as it gets. It's never going to change. This is how it's always. The devil is a liar. There's greater. There's greater. There's greater. Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Somebody say yes. We gotta get our passion back. 
How long has it been since you saw somebody and thought, do they know Jesus? We get so complacent in our walk with God that we've drifted so far from where we should be. And now we're fighting to get back. And you've got to get back. There's a lost world out there. There's people that are dying and going to hell every day. And we're being petty in the church. Petty with people in the church. She rubbed me the wrong way. He looked at me the wrong way. He didn't give me a hug. People are dying and going to hell. And we're concerned about one person in the church. My God, help us, Jesus. Help us. Help us to not drift so far. When did it become about me? It is not about me. And I hate to break it to you. It's not about you either. It's about the kingdom of God. We have to forcefully advance. Get back into line and get going. Get back into what you're supposed to do, man of God. Back to what you're supposed to do, woman of God. You may have gotten distracted. You may have gone down with the current. Because, you know, the current is speaking loud. The world is speaking extremely loud. And we have so many Christians getting washed up in that current too. But we've got to fight the current to get back to where we're supposed to be. If you don't know where you're supposed to be, I challenge you, pick up this Bible and read it. You'll find out real quick where you're supposed to be. Come on, help us. Some of us can't get back until we repent and we turn back. We can't serve God and still serve self. We can't serve God and still have me on the throne. We can't do it. We can't live any way that we want to. There's still a standard, y'all. Holiness is still right. Righteousness is still something we should strive for. When did we just give up and throw in the towel and say, well, this is it? Or I, it's, I guess it's okay. It's okay for them, so it must be okay for me. No, conviction should still be a thing that we, we constantly lean into. God, if this is not what you want me to watch, I don't want to watch it. If this is not a relationship that you want me to be in, I don't want to be in it. We've got to put God back on the throne. Come on, somebody. We've got to die daily to self, our ways, our wants. Repentance is the only way back to God. It's acknowledging what I've done. It's confessing it. And then, biggest key, it's turning from it. We have so many people that acknowledge and confess, but then there's no turning. That's not real repentance. Repentance is acknowledging. It's confessing, and then it's turning. I don't want to be that person anymore. I want to strive for better, for greater. We got to do better, church. We got to do better. Ephesians chapter 5, I'm going to read it really long, so you may want to sit down. But this verse is so incredibly convicting. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 through 15, it says, Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do. Is what you are doing currently imitating God? Can you see God in it? Let's bring it home. Can you see God in your social media? Can you see God in the YouTube videos that you watch? Can you see God in the attitude that you have? Come on, somebody. Me too. 
I'm not pointing fingers, me too. Can we see God when we're talking to other people? Can they see God in me? Imitate God in everything that we do because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. Verse three, let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place, somebody say no place, place. among God's people. I've seen stories, foolish talk, come on, and coarse jokes. These are not for you. And guess what? Entertaining them is not for you either. Come on, help us. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of God and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Number six, don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins. Are you trying to excuse some sins in your life? Help us, Jesus. For the anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. Don't participate in these things that these people do. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have the light from the Lord. So live as people of the light. If you've given your heart to Jesus, live as people of the light. Come on, right? For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Ask yourself, God, does this please you? Is this thought that I have pleasing you? Is this relationship pleasing you? Is this gossip pleasing you? Come on. Take no part in worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. Oh, we're doing it today, and the enemy is so mad. We are exposing them. It is shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret, but their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. Because guess what? For the light makes everything visible. What is done in dark will always be brought to light. Always, always, always be brought to light. That is why we said, awake, O sleeper, rise up from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Verse 15, so be careful how you live. Wake up, man of God. Wake up, woman of God. We've been drifting, and the Bible says, awake, O sleeper. Wake up. God is calling you back. So now we've got to fight the current, fight complacency, fight what the world says acceptable, fight doubt, fight the discouragement. Yeah, I know. Fight against immorality, fight being lukewarm because the Bible says that God wants us hot or cold. That means he wants you hot on fire for him or he wants you ice cold like a refreshing drink on a hot summer day. That's what we're supposed to be to the world. But so many of us are just lukewarm and the Bible says when we're lukewarm, God spits us out of his mouth. Nobody likes lukewarm water. Nobody likes lukewarm pop. Come on, we gotta be hot or cold. And the devil wants nothing more for you to be lukewarm. Never fully in. Doing nothing, which is causing you to drift. Come on. The Bible says in John that he, he wants to rob, to kill, and destroy. 
He wants to rob you of your purpose. He wants to kill your purpose. He wants to destroy your purpose. The Bible says that he is prowling around like a roaring lion looking to devour. And I just want to know today, is there anybody that wants to silence the roar of the enemy in their life? Anybody that wants to get a little bit more on the inside? You know, it said, you may roar, but I roar louder. You may roar at me, but I'm going to roar louder. I'm going to let the enemy know you're not going to conquer me. You're not going to have my marriage. You're not going to have my children. You're not going to have my mind. You're not going to have my health. You're not going to win in this situation. The devil is a liar. You got to fight. Genesis 4 says, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule it. Come on, this is not just for the new believer or the unbeliever. This is for all of us. Sin is always crouching right at our door. And God says, you got to master it. You got to rule over it. Rule over sin. Rule over the unforgiveness. Come on. Rule over the pride. Rule over the hurt that you felt. Rule over the gossip. Rule over the denial that you feel. Rule over sin. Don't give up because you've drifted, because there's been a storm. We know storms come, storms go. We understand. And I know a lot of you, I felt it today. A lot of you are in such a storm, and God is there. He's going to give permission, but don't give up. Don't give up. God sees you in the storm. He's with you in the storm. It may feel like he's sleeping while you're in the storm, but he's on your boat. Come on. I know your marriage is a mess. I know you've thought about taking your life. I know it's been hard. It's been tough. You're exhausted. You're overwhelmed. You feel like you can't take another thing. Your dreams have died long ago. You're sick of being sick. You're tired of struggling in your mind. Tired of the season that you're in. You're tired of feeling this way and you're saying, God, what is next? Why do I feel like I'm just like a nomad, just wandering around, doing whatever? And you have to know you can't give up. Don't give up. You gotta put those oars back from out of your boat, put them in the water and begin to row back fight against the current oh it sucks yeah it sure does it hurts you're gonna get tired you're gonna get weary but guess what the bible says don't grow weary and doing good you got this keep rowing keep moving keep fighting to get back keep fighting to get back to that bethel place for you where god's presence is fight to get back your convictions repent and turn back to god keep fighting for your children they need you to pray over them and the world and the school systems that we live in you need to cover your kids in the blood of jesus you gotta plead the blood over your mind your kids over your household Fight for your finances. Fight for your deliverance. Come on, keep fighting for your joy. Keep fighting for your peace. Keep fighting for your hope. Keep fighting for the deliverance. Keep fighting to see the goodness of God in your life. He's not done yet. If you are still living, if you are still breathing, God is not done with you yet. We got to let the enemy know enough is enough. And my last point, we got to be anchored. 
We got to be anchored. An anchor is something that prevents you from drifting due to the storms and the winds and the waves and the currents. You've got to be anchored. This is our anchor. Jesus is our anchor. Your prayer life will keep you anchored. Fasting will keep you anchored. Here's another one. Your fellowship with believers will keep you anchored. Being in the house of God, uh, Pastor Julian, I don't have to go to church to be saved. No, but you want to stay anchored? Be in the house of God. It'll keep you anchored. We need, I don't know, like I missed church for two weeks and I was like, my God, I need to get back to my church. Not because I felt like I was drifting, it's because I love being here. I love being in the presence of God with you in a place where we can worship, where we can come, where God's presence can show up. Yeah, he can do that at home, but there's nothing like worshiping together in corporate unity where God is touching your friend, my friend, our families. We gotta be anchored, folks. Let me just say this, just because you're anointed doesn't mean you're anchored. Just because you're gifted, it doesn't mean you're anchored. Mm -mm. Just because you said the sinner's prayer once, it doesn't mean you're anchored. This is a daily thing. God, help me to die daily to myself so I can be anchored in you. When I'm anchored, that means I'm tied to him. That means I am on firm foundation. I'm not going anywhere. When this last season happened, I was not wavering because God is my firm foundation. I'm anchored. When something comes against you, when something attacks you, you don't have to waver because you can be anchored. So when the currents and the winds and everything else, when Satan is throwing all of this stuff at you, you're anchored. And the anchor always holds. Always. Come on, stand to your feet. I will not be moved. I will not be shaken. I'm anchored. When the winds and waves come, I'm anchored. When sickness comes, I'm anchored. When offense comes, oh, because it'll come, I'm anchored. When hurt comes, I'm anchored. When insecurity comes, I'm anchored. When frustration comes in the season that you're in, I'm anchored. When doubt and discouragement and everything else that the enemy throws, I'm anchored. I'm anchored. In God's presence, I'm anchored in his word. I'm anchored to what he says. I'm anchored in my relationship with Jesus because I'm getting back to my first love, him and loving his people. Come on, somebody. Can you put your hands together? So let me ask you this. You may not feel like you were as close to God as you once were. Ask yourself, who drifted? Did God drift or did you drift? Because I just hate to break it to you, God doesn't drift. Commit today to doing something about it. Reverse 
the drift by being anchored and tied to Jesus. The Bible says in James 7, humble yourself before God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. It says, come close to God and God will come close to you. It says, draw close to God. Guess what? When you draw close to God, he always draws close to you. You cannot open your mouth and say Jesus and God not show up. That's the kind of God we serve. He's an omnipresent God. You call on him from your house, I call him from my house, he's still there. And he always has his ear tuned into his babies. It's like this being a parent, you always hear your kids cry. You always know, like that mom, that's my kid. That, you know, annoying sound that you're like, sit down, stop. That's my kid, I know. And God always hears you. He says, that's my kid. They're crying out. They need me. And he's a good dad. He always comes. He always shows up. He's not a dad that's not there. He's not a not present father. He is an ever present help. Ever present help in time of trouble. He's always there. He's always there. So my question is, how did I get here? But the answer is, I don't have to stay here. I don't have to stay here. If that's you today and you say, Pastor Julian, I didn't even realize I've been doing church uh, for for a long time. And and this is me too. I'm preaching to myself. I had to step back and say, how did I get here? It's easy to to do a worship song and not even call on Jesus' name. I know the song. The song's in me. But is the song coming out of me? Is it giving glory unto the Lord? It's easy to show up to church. This, I'm a church girl, this is what I do. I don't miss Sundays. But have we come to the point so much that we are forgetting God in the midst of it? God, help us. Create in me a clean heart, Holy Spirit. Come on, right, raise your hands right now because I could do an altar call and I believe these altars would be packed and there's probably not enough room. So I want you right where you're at to call on Jesus. God, help us. Holy Spirit, would you forgive us Forgive us for becoming complacent in our walk with you, God.